You're listening to a Stranger Cast at thestranger.com. Hey, it's Wednesday, November 14th, and I'm Eli Sanders, and this is Blabbermouth, the Stranger podcast in which we talk about what's going on this week. Dan Savage is here. Rich Smith is here. We're going to talk first about the continuing drama in Florida and Georgia with the attempt to do something that should be obvious and not hard to get done in America, count every vote. Then we'll look at whether Nancy Pelosi has the votes to continue as House Speaker and whether she should. After that, Katie Herzog has something to say about white women Republican voters who disappointed people yet again. And she has a message for listeners in New York and Virginia and anywhere that was interested in the Amazon HQ2. It's not everything you might hope it would be. Finally, Chase Burns saw up close and personal Stormy Daniels perform in Seattle this week, and it changed him. He has a lot to say about it. But first, Dan, Rich, and me talk about the continuing counts in Florida, Georgia, and Nancy Pelosi. Hello, Rich. Hello, Eli. Welcome back. Thank you. Hello, Dan. Hello, Eli. Welcome back, and welcome back, me too. Yeah, welcome, welcome back to oh, Dan. Yeah, welcome to you as well. Welcome back from the Delta Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in Buenos Aires tagging along on a trip that my husband had to go to a conference. Um, I have news for you from Buenos Aires. We have a blabbermouth fan in South America, in Argentina, who lives in Buenos Aires. And when he heard Rich say that I was down there, he emailed me and got in touch. His name is Christian. He loves you both. He says hello. And he took me around and showed me the city and gave me a wonderful tour. Thank you, Christian. And Christian passes on deep uh, historical thanks to Dan for answering a sex advice question of his a long time ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's always good to hear from people who I answered the question for 20 years ago who didn't die, who were still alive. <laughs> my, my advice did not utterly destroy in every way. No, he was really grateful. In fact, it was a, a kind of like off the books answer where he just emailed you and you emailed him back. He was studying in the United States at the time and uh, you helped him out. He said to give you a hug. I didn't tell him that you would <laughs> forcibly reject any attempt at hugging. Um, but, you know, virtual hug from Christian and hug back to Christian our listener in Buenos Aires. Christian, I'll hug for I'll hug you for Dan. I'll be Dan's hug ambassador. All right. So now we have to get back to the politics. And uh, since the Democrats won the House, we can stop worrying about Trump and just fight amongst ourselves, right? <laughs> can I can I just toss out there that everyone last Tuesday, a week week ago Tuesday, the night of the election was like, oh, where was the blue wave? Where was the blue wave? Uh, it turned out it was blue quicksand, and the Republicans have been slowly sinking into it ever since. Yeah. It kind of has added up to a wave, but it wasn't the Tuesday night blowout we expected because there were so many close races. But the Dems seem to be winning all those close That's races. Right. Cinema overtook her. McGrath, is, it, is that what it was in, in Arizona? The California is looking like a, a wash. Uh, so on top of a bisexual being reelected governor in Oregon, mm -hmm. a gay man being elected governor in Colorado, Colorado, we have a bisexual woman being elected to the Senate from Arizona, a seat that has never been held or in 40 years hasn't been held by a Democrat. And that's, right. that's Jeff Flake's seat, right? Yes. Yeah. 
I think Jeff, I, useless fucking dumb fuck <laughs> flake fuck off flake shut up flake he was a bad senator he was like and, he's, and he's on his way out uh, still doing nothing to contain Trump in this lame well, I'm sure he's session. mewling in a corner somewhere right now uh, and a little bit on Twitter every once in a while he's writing a really incredible memoir I am not a big fan of uh, blame the media for things but I do think what you're talking about Dan this like disappointment at the strength of the wave and then realizing that it was kind of blue quicksand or whatever is a problem of the way the national media wanted to cover this race. They wanted to cover it like a presidential election where you know that night what's what the result is and you can analyze it the next day. And that's not how these races work, particularly congressional and Senate races, and particularly when you're doing democracy right and counting all the votes, which sometimes takes a few days. Tell that to the people of Florida, Texas, and uh, Georgia, who yes. seem to think that every uh, new ballot drop is a Democratic conspiracy well, to overtake. Well, the Republicans. The Republicans are pushing that. Right, 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 right. right. And good Good on Gillum, good on Abrams, and good on Nelson that they didn't curl up and die, that they are fighting to get the votes counted and pushing back against what's basically the new Brooks Brothers riots that are going on in both states. Brooks Brothers riots. Google it. <laughs> I was going to say, opportunity for a history lesson. Let's travel back in time to, what was that, 2000? 2000, Bush v. Gore. The vote was ongoing in Florida. If the vote had been completed, Gore would have been elected president. Uh, in 2000 and spared us George W. Bush and everything that flowed from him. And uh, there was there were riots of just average ordinary Americans who didn't want the vote counted. Right. And it turned out that these were people who were flown in from Washington, D.C. They were Republican volunteers, even Republican campaign staffers for House Republicans flown in to pretend to be Floridians outraged that their votes might get counted. Do you know who takes credit for helping to organize the Brooks Brothers riots? Uh, Roger Stone. <laughs> Watch the movie Get Me Roger Stone if you can stand it. But he played a huge role in creating the kind of media circus that helped the Republicans snatch Florida from Al Gore and give George Bush the presidency and all of that. The media can't now pretend they don't know what's going on with this kind of astroturf rioting in, mm -hmm. in Florida. It took them time after the Brooks Brothers riot in 2000 to figure out who these motherfuckers were basically by going from their pictures of the people who are rioting in the hallways. Uh, now we know that this is a, a strategy and it is horseshit and it, no attention should be paid. Yeah, to. they don't even um, appear to be uh, giving us the, the service or the dignity of uh, manufacturing riots. It's just the people at the top who are claiming that there's fraud. I'm like Michael Rubio. the president of the United States, president for example. But your point about the media wants to call it on election night, that played <laughs> into the hands of the president and Republicans. Yeah. Because the media called it and said it wasn't a great night for Democrats, with every new vote drop... Every Every vote counted, absentee ballots, many from the military overseas being counted. It does look like something is being taken from Republicans that they won because the media tried to call it on right. election night and they shouldn't have. The media and the president, he wanted the concession speech or whatever that uh, Gillum made on election night to be, to be legally, bi legally binding, binding, which it yeah. is not. And he wanted the result as of election night to be the final result. Never mind that lots of military ballots are still being counted because the soldiers mailed them in from overseas. Trump wanted to disenfranchise all of them. We should. Well, and it's the candidates themselves, too. Mimi Walters in California with every ballot drop that um, narrows uh, her uh, lead. Uh, she's saying that it's a Democratic conspiracy. Uh, down in Georgia, Kemp is trying to. It's not, you know, she's yeah. not lying. Republicans do think it is a conspiracy that Democrats might go vote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that we organize, that we importune people, that we help people register. It's a massive 
left-wing conspiracy to win elections. Tweeting this morning about, you know, the Democrats flying in lawyers from D.C. to try to change the results of the election. Like, these these are not people who are, you know, who are on the ground. Yeah, Yeah. we should zoom way out, though. What's going on here is that if the Democrats can hold on to the Senate race in Florida, basically the margin in the Senate stays the same or is one different. I think it might be the same. So the Republicans have not improved their position in the Senate at all. But bigger picture, it means that they have to nominate more moderate judges to the federal bench with their court packing push. So if they can win this Republican seat, they get, you know, slightly more extreme judges that can go through. If not, they have to tone it the fuck down a little bit. And that, I think, is part of what this is all about. We... While we watch all of this and while we try to figure out what the fuck is wrong with Republicans who don't want to just count all the votes. Dan put it well, I thought, in a tweet or a slog post or somewhere where you were like, the Democrats just want to count all the votes. There's nothing wrong with that. And the Republican message is don't count the votes. But okay, as we go forward with that, uh, we'll find out what happens in Florida. We know, however, what happened nationwide. No, can we not? We we can't (laughs) blow past that. Republicans don't want to count the votes. Republicans don't want people to be able to vote because Republicans lose elections when people vote. So people turn up and vote. The backup strategy, the fallback position for Republicans is don't count those votes. Mm -hmm. Those votes we tried to prevent from being – the ballots we tried to prevent from being cast in the first place. Don't (laughs) count them. Voter suppression efforts, voter ID laws, purging people from the voter rolls. They do everything they can in the run-up to the election to prevent people from voting. And then after the election, they want to prevent the vote from being counted. When I was walking around Buenos Aires with Christian, he got really upset about something and went on a long diatribe. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm being like Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, whenever anyone is like me, they should apologize. (laughs) So, okay. Florida... The Senate is uh, in the balance a little bit in Florida or a lot in Florida, but let's talk about the House because we know the result there. Democrats now have a significant majority. We'll see exactly 40, how. 40, 40, <laughs> We're pushing toward a pickup of 40 House seats. That's amazing. And if, it, if we had known that on election night, then the media could have said, oh, this was a blowout, but it was only like in the 20s on election night, so everyone got disappointed. But yeah, pushing toward 40 and... A lot of the new people who were elected are progressive, strong progressives, strong lefties, members of the Progressive Caucus. Not all of them. You should see Rich's mouth curling I mean, about down. About half and half. Is what, yeah. I mean, you know. But we have, we have this kind of rainbow wave in the House. We have this new leftist energy. What I'm going toward. First two Native American women elected to Congress. Mm-hmm. Tons of queers. Including, oh God, what is her name? Kansas. Mixed martial arts fighter. Sharice Davids. Mixed martial art fighter, Native American, lawyer, queer in Kansas, turfed out an anti-gay <laughs> Republican. Park is on the way. I'm, it's a nice part. It's, <laughs> I thought it was just a giant suburb full of dentists. and But Sharice <laughs> Davids is there kicking ass. I okay, so her. now that the Democrats have finally won something after two years of freaking out about Trump and rightfully so. Seven governor's mansions. <laughs> Every every Dan's back, everybody. Basically, except for Washington State, except for the carbon uh, initiative in Washington State, basically every progressive and liberal state uh, referenda or or battle initiative passed. Yeah. But so it's time to fight amongst ourselves about. Yeah. We can revert to form now. Yes. About who 
the House Speaker should be. So I don't know, you know, if everyone knows, but Nancy Pelosi is the House Speaker. You would know it if you watched Fox News or the Drudge Report because she's been demonized for years. They're doing to her what they did to Hillary Clinton. They watch her every cough. They put every picture of her looking haggard and tired and old. They can up online. Um, she has been in the house for a long time. She knows her way around. She's done a few things, maybe more than a few things, but she's old. She is maybe like, which is why I don't want her to run for president. She's on the border between like boomer and greatest generation. I think 77, 78, but I think she should be speaker. I actually think that it's sexism, pure unalloyed sexism, unadulterated sexism that we are talking endlessly about whether Nancy Pelosi should be speaker of the house. And Chuck Schumer is, elected now uh, leader of the Dems in the Senate without a peep of, I don't want to say protest, just debate. Right. Like a moment to assess whether Chuck Schumer has done a good and decent job or and not. He actually, I think he's been far less effectual as as leader of the Senate Dems than she's been a leader of the House. And Dems. if you want to go by pure wins and losses, I mean, you can say, you know, the map was against him, but he lost seats. She has gained seats. Mm-hmm. Rich, where yeah. are you? Well, the, the, I think that um, it's ridiculous to uh, attack Nancy Pelosi. I think, I mean, if, if I'm, I'm just looking at the, um, Matt Fuller's whip list here uh, on Huffington Post about the people who are going to sign a, a letter to 20, you know, so we should put this in context. Right now, there's um, uh, uh, anti-Pelosi faction in the House uh, claims to have enough votes to uh, make her not the uh, Speaker of the House anymore. This um, uh, faction is being led by self Seth Moulton of uh, Massachusetts and a number of other looks like Looking at the list, white guys who have a more conservative voting record than Nancy Pelosi or freshmen who come from suburbs uh, that who think that they're vulnerable to um, attacks that they're close to Nancy Pelosi. So this is not a there are progressive um, you know arguments against Pelosi. And we can talk about this. But like the new, the internecine fighting is coming from centrist Dems, Dems who are more conservative from Nancy Pelosi, who uh, think that the Republican attack on her is going to affect their uh, reelection. And we got 40 seats in the House. The Republicans pivoted to attacking Nancy Pelosi and ads because their GOP tax bill uh, line wasn't working. I don't think this is a very effective thing that we should do. Nancy Pelosi, you sort of glossed over her record. Pr- <laughs> pretty pretty good. Got all of Obama's uh, agenda passed in mm-hmm. the first uh, year of his tenure. Obamacare. That's Obamacare, most notably. Um, the Dodd-Frank, uh, she's an incredibly effective fundraiser, raised hundreds of, uh, over $100 million in this um, in this cycle, cycle through the House Majority Pack, she is a grandmother of nine, by the way, you know, and like, and, and a mother of five, and yeah, who, who and she been, has those San Francisco values that we admire. <laughs> That's right, uh, namely being uh, close to Hollywood. But, I actually think it would be awesome to have a representative from san francisco just kind of running the table in dc i know that's code for everything that uh the rural right hates san francisco values but it's by which they mean butt fucking yeah but that's all they mean by san francisco values is butt fucking we align with san francisco values and she's you know from boston she's she's the daughter of two um uh uh government officials her, her, her dad was a mayor uh, in, in baltimore so she's also kind of east coast she has the east coast grit and um and tenacity and that's what makes her such a good um uh whipper upper of the votes uh, on the floor and you know she newt gingrich paul ryan all of these people are like give grudging respects to how uh 
um, Nancy Pelosi's ability to basically unify her her caucus. And all those people rose and fell pretty spectacularly. Yeah. Well, those two people, Gingrich and Gingrich, Ryan, yeah. and accomplished arguably less. Yeah. They obstructed more, but accomplished less than Pelosi did during her tenure. Absolutely. And I would just I would say that the problem with Pelosi is that she's not very good on a mic or on a camera. Like that, she yeah. makes these gaffes, and uh, it makes us look bad. It makes Democrats look bad, and that fine. And and also the problem is is that she hasn't uh, opened up pathways for younger members of Congress to assume leadership positions. Mm-hmm. So the way to a, to to deal with this problem, I don't think, is to axe Pelosi from the top, but to ask her politely to please make some more um, uh, uh, axe chairs. Axe some other motherfuckers? Yes, yes. Axe some other motherfuckers. Hoyer and the other guy below her, I can't remember, the two septuagenarian white guys who are, <laughs> who are below her. Um, uh, let some more younger uh, progressives into into the, that echelon. And then just, just get, have one of them be like the press Go on the Sunday shows mm-hmm. and talk to you know people for the press. Be like Joe Kennedy, Pramila Jayapal, whoever the fuck. Like just get have an ambassador for the House. Be someone not in Nancy Pelosi, so that she can focus on what she's good at, which is raising money and whipping votes. Yeah, I am shocked that we have like a united blabbermouth caucus for <laughs> no i wanted to Pelosi. object to well, rich other- looking right at me when he said septuagenarian like, guys <laughs> people don't know how rich provokes me non-verbally during these exchanges which is why i explode well yeah. the other problem is that there's nobody who's running against nancy Pelosi right now for the yeah. there's a lot of people who say that you know seth moulton says like oh a lot of you know young um uh, democrats would but they're too afraid of her which only speaks to her like you know power which is a little bit you know scary, what do they think like, she's gonna do she's gonna like san francisco value them in the middle of the night <laughs> yeah <laughs> the right. her? i'm gonna bet that the entire blabbermouth listener caucus is not united on nancy pelosi if you have a feeling about her or who should be the speaker instead of her tell it to the blabbermouth podcast facebook group or call and leave us a message. I'll give you the number at the end of the show. We are going to talk next about white women. Congratulations, everyone, on your blue wave. Thank you. You're welcome, Eli. You did such a good job getting out there, shaking them down at the doors. I tried. Canvassing. It's very important. You know what else is important, Eli? My teeth. How did you guess? You're like a witch sitting over there across from me. Just guessing what's in my brain. Yes, your teeth are super important. You can't eat anything without them, okay? You can't smile without You can, but it looks a little bit. You got to get different kinds of teeth for that. No matter what kind of teeth you got, teeth you got to put in, teeth that stay in the whole time. You got to brush them, and you got to brush them with Quip, okay? It's an electronic toothbrush I want to tell you about. A Quip toothbrush gives your teeth sensitive, sonic, vibrations. It's erotic just to think about. Gentle enough on your sensitive gums, but meaningful enough to feel. People brush too hard and some electronic toothbrushes are so abrasive, but not Quip. It's got a built-in two-minute pulse timer that lets you know when to move every 30 seconds. It helps you guide for a full and even clean experience. Okay, up to 90% of us don't brush for the full two minutes. We, we're lazy. Quip makes you do it. Okay, Quip also doesn't require a chunky charger and runs for three months on one charge. Okay, nobody runs for three months on one charge. Just Quip. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. Three out of four of us 
use bristles that are too old, worn out, ineffective. They can't get any of the gunk out of your teeth. They're horrible. Okay. That's why I love Quip and why they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals, which includes, of course, the dentists, the hygienists, and the students of dental arts. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash blabbermouth right now, you're going to get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electronic toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash blabbermouth. Katie Herzog, hello. Hello, Eli. You are white. I am. And you are a woman. That is, uh, it depends on the definition of woman at any, at any given, given time, but I do generally identify as a white woman. And we've all heard you roar. <laughs> 45-year-old pop culture I'm wearing reference, a, you're welcome. I'm wearing a pussy hat right now. <laughs> you don't even know what I'm referring to, right? Do you know how ready is? Of course is? I do. Okay, okay. I, know I just never know is. what people don't know. So, can you explain what the continued problem with white women is because we saw it again in this last election. White women are not getting in line with the Democratic vote. That is the problem. So after every election for the the past two elections, um, when it turns out that white women vote, the majority of white women who vote, which is still not that many people because not that many people vote, um, vote for Republican candidates a a lot, uh, you know, in a lot of districts and states, including for Trump, where 53 percent of white women for some reason. I thought it was 49, 49 this election, the white well, this I think there were so right, but I think the problems were that, or the criticism comes from in these key states like Georgia, Florida, and Texas, white women overwhelmingly, or majority of white women went for states where shitty white people are overrepresented. Indeed, yes. So there has been this uh, renewed, I, I guess it's kind of like group attack, basically on Twitter and everywhere else, where people are looking at the exit polls, looking at the demographic breakdown of voters, and saying white women. What is wrong? Or other white women, come get your Republican white women and tell them that they are voting for a misogynist uh, anti-woman party. Yeah, that's the, that seems to be the message is white women, come collect your white women. And, and, <laughs> and I think the message is mostly being sent by white, white women. women. <laughs> yeah, progressive white women say, sending this message to other progressive white women. That they need to come get those the, other, other right. progressive right. white well, women. Yeah. So have you collected some white women? You know, so, here, so here's the problem. <laughs> I don't have any women to collect. And this is sort of my issue with this because I don't know any women, white or otherwise, who voted for Donald Trump, except potentially I think maybe my third grade teacher was a Republican. So I could call her up. I don't know how, how, how I don't know how, if that would Where go Where are you going to put her in your apartment after you I, collect yeah, her? I do have it's a really small apartment, so she's going to have to sleep outside, I guess. <laughs> your take, though, on this, if I, if I read it correctly, was like, well, okay, but stop being shocked. Half of women are Republicans, yeah. just like half of Americans are Republicans. And so you're asking them You're overestimating to vote. the percentage of population that identifies as re- Republican. But go ahead. Okay. Well, forty-eight percent. Only forty-eight percent of 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 white women lean Democratic. So there is a major a majority of white women lean conservative, and that this is just a fact. And this isn't a, this is not new. This is like actually. 53% of women are less than the percentage of women who voted for Mitt Romney or George Bush. This is like, this is how white women are. And uh, the white left, or really more than the white left, the left is saying, come on, women, what is wrong with you? Why are you not putting your gender identity ahead of your party identity? Right. And your response was, or, well, or I think you could also say sex in this case. Okay, sorry. Yeah. 
Because um, these white women aren't trans white women. I, th- I yeah, I don't. I think their gender identity for most of these white women we're talking about is in line with their. Not all, but but white women aren't a monolith. So, <laughs> <laughs> so are you basically not moved? You're not going to go collect any white women. You're I don't. Not- I mean, here's the problem. I literally, I don't have any white women to collect, and I think this is the problem: is that a lot of liberal white women are like me, where we don't. There's nobody in my family. I'm not related to any conservatives. I don't have friends with any. It's conservatives. such an Aurora Burrs though, because it's white progressive women scolding other white progressive women to go do this thing, right? That white progressive women can't really do right. you, like we are not like me like approaching some what what am i supposed to do like walk into a church i've never been to and at, like hold your hand if you're for maga like come <laughs> like let me enlighten you like this is not that i don't like and it, it seems like be, a wasted effort it's a, that's it i think it's a wasted effort i think that there are things that democrats can do to win national races and i don't think trying to change the vote of people who have these as genuinely held beliefs as we do on the left and like i know that it might be hard to believe but i think a lot of these people actually do think that abortion is murder and they're going to vote for Republicans because of these things that they believe. Remember the Hillary Clinton thing? I, I don't know. It made a little ripple in the news about deplorables, the basket yes, of deplorables, yes. and that these people can't be reached and it's a waste of time and effort to try. And I think any woman who watched the Hillary v. Trump campaign and voted for Trump and any woman who watched Roy Moore v. Uh, Doug Jones. Doug Jones and voted Roy Moore is really needs to be written off. And, and it would be a better use of your time and energy and effort to get out there and register progressive yes. women who, who aren't registered to vote and aren't voting and to help register uh, people of color uh, and young people who can become new voters that collecting their voter registration documents and turning them in <laughs> is going to be much more effective than collecting right. Republican white women. Right. It's just, it's just like it's just a matter of and I know part of this is because like this is mostly happening on social media and you're not really doing it because you think that this is going to work. You're doing it because you want the validation yourself. This is all sort of part of the performance. But I think Dan is exactly right. There are 92 million people who didn't vote in the last election. We can we can collect them. Like, but no, ex- unless they're Republicans or conservatives, yes, yes. don't collect right. them. But we want to make. I think that what the Democrats should be doing right now is looking at our voting system, which is incredibly flawed. Mm-hmm. The fact that every state is different in thirteen states, you still have to. There's one. There's one election day, and it's not a holiday in thirteen states. These are important states. We make it too hard to vote. We need to concentrate on these things that are possible to change instead of sort of saying like we're like we're going to demand we're going to enlighten these women. We're going to show them their way. I think we need to federalize. The, the election absolutely, system. Absolutely. And, you know, people say it's hard to vote in 13 states. And people are like, oh, those red states where they erect barriers. No. Are hard. One of them is New, New York, York State. Yeah, this is New York. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's I mean, one of the hardest states in the country in, in which to vote. And it's run by Democrats. Democrats. Yeah. I mean, there are so many problems with the election system that we that we actually do maybe have the power to change. Maybe not at this moment in time, but the Democrats are actually talking about this right now, which I'm which I was happy to see. So to go back to the language of Twitter, uh, the white women Republicans who, like Dan said, watched the Roy Moore race, watched uh, Clinton versus Trump and never mind Christine Blasey Ford versus Brett Kavanaugh, watched all of that and still voted Republican in the language of Twitter, the, you're saying, don't go and collect them, cancel them. Cancel them. Trash cancel them. them. Cancel right. white women. Them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, That'll go over is, well. Yeah, this, is, yeah, this hashtag is, is really going to take off. <laughs> it should be hashtag cancel out the votes of conservative white women by registering other people to vote. Uh, yeah, I think that'll fit on Twitter. All That's right, I'm glad we solved that, that one. So uh, let's turn to a totally different topic that you had some feelings about this week, Katie. Amazon. So we were talking about how embarrassingly bad New York's voting system is just a second ago, but other parts of New York City apparently attractive enough for Jeff Bezos to open his 
HQ 2.1 in New York City and HQ 2.2 is in Virginia. We are here in Seattle, world headquarters of Blabbermouth. Also, where, yeah, also known as HQ1. Also known as HQ1, where we have lived the dream slash nightmare of uh, being in a city that is basically run by Amazon. What do you have to tell our listeners in New York and Virginia about what's coming? And maybe the pissed off listeners in Colorado or Texas or Georgia or anywhere where the politicians were salivating over Amazon coming there and tried to make all kinds of deals with the company and then got ignored. Well, my deepest condolences to uh, Long Island City, New York, and Arlington, Virginia, which are soon to be home to lots of lanyard-wearing tech boys who will make a lot more money than you do. So I, unlike a lot of people in Seattle, I don't think there's anything wrong inherently with like wearing a lanyard and riding a solo well and working for Amazon. But the reality is... Amazon, they're going to bring in 200, or I'm, excuse me, they're going to bring in 25,000 jobs to each of these cities. And those average jobs, the, the average income for those workers is going to be $150,000, according to Amazon. In the neighborhood in Queens, where this is going to be located, the median household income is less than 60000 So you're going to have this huge influx of people who can vastly outpay you for rent, for mortgages. So my advice to you now is buy a house if you can. <laughs> you can benefit from this. But you can't this, now buy you, a house. Right, yeah, there was an interview on NPR yesterday with somebody who was about to sign a lease for an apartment, and then it was announced, and the landlord tripled the rent. Yeah. So I mean, uh, The speculation has already begun, and Amazon isn't even there yet. Right, and, there, and you know, these between New York, Virginia, and Tennessee, where they're getting a, a giant – you know, corporate fulfillment center, something like that. Um, Amazon is getting $2.2 billion in, in incentives. I mean, this is, it's crony capitalism. It's corporate welfare. Voters had no, had no impact on these, on these, this business coming to their city. A hundred years ago, we looked at companies that were getting too big, that were becoming monopolies and broke them up. This is something that in a democracy, our elected representatives have the power to do. They're not going to do it. They have the power to do it. Maybe we should start talking about it and it might happen. Yeah. I mean, Amazon, years. and this is not, there's not, this is not going to stop with HQ2 and HQ2 the three. This Amazon will continue to grow until they consume every part of American retail and then they'll continue to grow beyond that. And then we will all at some point work for Amazon. Is there anything that New York City and Virginia can look forward to? Good Indian restaurants will open around. They, the you know, they probably already have good Indian Yeah, restaurants. I was going to say, I think New York and Virginia, New York certainly <laughs> is ahead of us on that one. I mean, it's not like you get like a local prime discount or anything like that. Here's what you can look forward to. You can look forward to having a, con- a common enemy. And I think there is actually something to that. <laughs> okay. Something to blame for yeah. everything. Someone and, to blame. Yeah. And, you know, there is trickle down economics will work in some degree. I mean, there will be some influx of sort of retail money in, in restaurants that these guys like. They'll all be bland and sterile. But there will be there will be a little bit of added. I have to say, though, um, you know, I've lived here in Seattle for almost 30 years. Like Amazon started after I got here. And, you know, people keep talking about HQ2s, the both of them, as if 25,000 people from Mars are going to be plopped into these communities. I have lots of friends that I've known in Seattle forever who are working at Amazon and have been working at Amazon a long time. So it's not just uh, mysterious bots imported from Amazon breeding farms yeah they are actually humans yes yes and if you can get a job i mean if you can get a job for amazon and stay for four years you can make a lot of money i mean like these are the problem isn't that amazon pays too much the problem is that nobody else can afford to pay as much as amazon does and at the same time amazon demands these uh what do you call it corporate welfare inputs from the state which takes money away from state-funded programs that could then help one people who are not making 
billion dollars right new york is going to give to amazon to get them to come amazon said that one of the things they were looking at was a public transit system that worked the public transit system in new york city that amazon is locating in queens to to access is collapsing for lack of investment but there because there hasn't been the money right. to fix the subway system but there's suddenly 1.7 billion dollars to blow up jeff bezos ass Right. And, and you said, so, uh, and I have to say, right. you said that Amazon pays people a lot of money. They pay certain segments of their workforce a lot of money, and they pay starvation wages to the majority of their work. Yeah, that is true. They, I think the average, the average salary for, for uh, and this, you know, that includes all the the blue collar, the warehouse workers, and I think the average salary is like thirteen thousand dollars. I mean, they did just they did just announce that they're going to increase their minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour, which will be good for some people. It will also put other places out of business. Amazon is too big. I mean, this is like they have too much power in this world, and the government should be doing something about that but there's this not. vast gulf between what the warehouse workers make and what the kind of headquarters employees make and the people in new york and virginia will be the sort of headquarters level salaries hopefully what we won't see or what the listeners in new york and virginia should really push against uh hopefully we won't see amazon saying okay the subway system doesn't work very well we're more libertarian-minded anyway. We're just going to buy our own buses like uh, Microsoft has done here, like Google has right. done in San Francisco, or we'll buy a fleet of boats to run back and forth across the river and take people from Manhattan to Queens, and we'll just solve it that way. Hopefully, privatization is not their answer, although that's what it is in many, many other realms, and it will be we are going to give back to the public system that gave us $1.7 billion and help build a better public transit system for our employees and for all New Yorkers as a sign of gratitude to the city that has given us a new home. I know that doesn't Your sound at all like Eli. <laughs> and then Hillary Clinton's going to swoop in <laughs> and be president yeah. of the United States. Yeah. Well, I've got one part of that plan. Nancy Pelosi is speaker. If it's all falls, happening. It's all happening. <laughs> it's all happening. Next, we are going to talk about Stormy Daniels. She was here in this room in this seat that I am sitting in. Also, she was in a club in Seattle and Chase Burns saw her. Rich, you showed up today wearing my jacket. Maybe 75% of my uh, wardrobe is comes from Everlane.com. Ah, and I, mine too, <laughs> which is why we both showed up in the same Everlane coat. It's like a little puffy coat that's mm-hmm. blue on the outside and like cinema orange on the inside and it's exactly what we need for um, the kind of strange uh, temperate but chilly winters of uh, Seattle, Washington. Also for this terrifying global warming planet being destroyed moment because our jackets, both of them and this whole new line from Everlane it's all made from recycled plastic. Yes. Everlane is now applying its ethical take on clothing production by launching a whole new line of clothes made entirely of virgin plastic. They have beautiful sweatshirts and puffy jackets like the ones Rich and I are wearing for men and for women made entirely out of recycled plastic. They've diverted over 3 million water bottles and turned them into hip clothing. Everlane makes long-lasting, beautiful essentials, and they work with the best ethical factories to do it. They only make their premium essentials from the finest materials without traditional markups, and they tell you their real costs so you know you're never overpaying. Everlane wants you to know what you're paying for and why, 
They're radically transparent about every step in their process from the materials they use to the ethical factories they work with. Because Everlane sells directly to you, their prices are 30 to 50% lower than traditional retailers. Their clothes look better, cost less, and last longer. Essentials like their Cotton Crew t-shirt are exactly what they should be. Simple, stylish, and made from quality materials. Or this blue sweatshirt that you're wearing, Rich. That's right. I got a blue sweatshirt. It's made out of plastics, but it doesn't feel like it's made out of plastic. It feels kind of like nice and soft and uh, also good against the cold. Everlane's Timeless Essentials are just what you're looking for. No frills, just quality. And right now you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com slash blabbermouth. Dress like rich, dress like me. We look so frank, so urban, so urbane. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. That's everlane.com slash blabbermouth. Everlane.com slash blabbermouth. Chase Burns, hello. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. You had a brush with Trump. Yeah, Trump resisting greatness. Yeah, I did. I am. So over the weekend, uh, Stormy Daniels came in through Seattle. Uh, She is uh, she made a stop in Seattle as a part of her. um, It has been called the Make America Horny Again tour, but she does not like that name. She's asked people not to use it. Um, and I just did. Uh, but it, uh, this was a, it's a tour of her going around the country and doing a, um, she strips. You didn't use it. You mentioned it. I mentioned it. You right. mentioned distinction comes in there. She prefers it to be called the support the troops tour. Well, I'm not exactly sure. It was called support the troops tour on Sunday because it was veterans day. And uh, so I think that might've just been a label they used for that. And, uh, vets got in for free and so did troops. And there were plenty of Navy men there. Ooh. Well, so we should also say she was here in this very seat talking to Dan for this other podcast he does. You might have heard of it, the Savage Love Cast. We'll send a few listeners its way. <laughs> you can listen to Dan's interview with Stormy Daniels on... Coming up in a couple of weeks. Okay, on, one, on an upcoming Savage Love Cast. But you saw her uh, speak with her body. Yes, I did see her speak with her uh, her body. Uh, it was actually uh, the first, I think it was the first strip club I've ever been to, um, which is a little weird. It's just that I've never gone to a strip club because strip clubs in Washington kind of suck because you can't bring booze in. Um, and they're all women. And they're all women. So, so there's two strokes against it. Yeah, I had no reason to go. But it's uh, so beyond being just like startled by the strangeness of a strip club, because it was like, it was just a giant room and there were two, you know, big stages and there actually weren't that many people there. Not that it wasn't full, but it was like, it's a small room. There were maybe 200 people there coming to see Stormy Daniels just get fully naked. And so she came out in like a witch cloak um, or it was, I wasn't sure if it was a witch cloak or like a Voldemort cloak or like a wrestling cloak, but it was a dark cloak. Mm-hmm. And then she like threw it off and there was stormy, you know, graphics behind her. <laughs> and she like, she, she doesn't really, she doesn't jump on the pole so much, but she mostly like high kicks. That's one of her moves. And she definitely like the centerpiece of her performance is definitely her boobs. And she does a lot of like, she, uh, she just, uh, motorboats people in the front row, wow. uh, which was pretty remarkable to watch. And then, yeah, she got fully naked. I saw her vagina. I saw her or her vulva, uh, or labia, depending on what you want to use. Um, and then she, uh, poured wax on her, uh, her, uh, her pussy. 
So you came away, if I read your review of this right. Yeah, like, Stormy Daniel endorsed review. Yeah, she Stormy shared Daniel's it. Performance. That's right. She tweeted it out and loved what you wrote, partly because you were galloping into her defense. You watched this and you were like, Stormy Daniels is a pro. Yeah. Like, she yeah. is a great entertainer. She's a great uh, performer. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I have a stripped on poles myself. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are, um, you know, erotic dancers or drag queens or strippers. Uh, and she, uh, she's very, she's very good at this. Uh, and she, yeah. So I just as a performance, that's exciting. But also Stormy Daniels, uh, I just was sitting there thinking about how, um, you know, she's so intelligent. She's so refreshing. She's so combative and she has such a public, uh, spot in this country mm-hmm. uh and she's really uh i don't know has there ever been a a porn star that has been this you know famous that has been i don't know i i, I can't think of something uh, in my life where i've had a figure like her someone who is in your words a true fucking patriot yeah, i kind of I, I i use that as a as a bit of a jab against the the far right but i called her a patriot which i do think is true i mean a patriot is someone who defends your country against uh forces that are uh, against it it's and threats foreign and domestic yeah and, and we have a domestic threat right now Rattling yeah. around the old office. I think it's a hundred percent correct to call Stormy Daniels a patriot, and we we you know we use her as a cudgel to beat uh, Donald Trump, and she gets under his skin more than anyone else. She succeeds at getting under his skin, pushing back against him, and defending the First Amendment, defending free speech. Yeah, like CNN has had a huge problem trying to do j- both of those things at the same time, and she just does it like it's nothing. Yeah, she just dances around them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just think we we always talk about her in relationship uh, to Trump, obviously, but I think we we have an opportunity with Stormy Daniels uh, to you know talk about the porn industry and, in a way that maybe we we haven't been able to as a country. I would also add that she's amazing on Twitter. She's one yeah. of the best body slammers on Twitter. People try to get at her. People try to to troll her, and she shuts people down. If you're not following her on Twitter, you should be. So when you go to uh, a stop on the Stormy Daniels tour, which is correctly called the what tour? I don't know. Stormy's uh, coming to town. <laughs> so if you if you go and show up at one of her performances, is it political aside from in the ways that we're interpreting here? No, it really isn't. And that was one of the reasons why when she was talking on The View and she was saying how she didn't like the name, one of the reasons is because she was like, she didn't want to make it about him. She was like, you know, I've been, this is my job. I've been doing this my, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so she's just doing a number that she has probably always done. Um, it's, there's three, uh, it's a main, main stage performance. So there's three bits to it, three songs. Uh, none of it's about Trump. Uh, they, there's an introduction where they kind of announce her like WWE style. Uh, and they do mention, actually, maybe they didn't even mention Trump. They just mention all of her, um, accolades, which mm-hmm. kind of, she's, talks. she's better than the worst person she ever fucked. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Also, we're all better than the worst person we ever fucked. Yeah. Right? But, but she definitely is better than the worst, more than the worst person she ever fucked. In addition to persevering through all the attacks from Trump, she uh, she is succeeding in her business despite having a lot more roadblocks thrown in her way as a result of taking on the president. Yeah, she is succeeding. She also talks about how it has made her job more difficult. Like she's definitely making more money than she ever has, but she also has you know, three bodyguards. She talks about needing to feed all the time. She, and, and I, I like the line in your piece where she's like, you have no idea how much these bodyguards eat. Yeah. And <laughs> she, she has to pay for it. And so there really are bodyguards always around her. 
doctor. Her daughter has to have a tutor. Like she is making more money, but she has to spend more money too. And so I think the right has frequently, and the left has attacked her for kind of using this as a just a selfish media opportunity. But you know, she she would need those bodyguards, and her kid would have to be tutored instead of going to a, a school, even if she wasn't out there working. Yeah, if she like stayed at home and did what some people on the left and right would like her to do, which is disappear. She'd still have these expenses and no yeah. way to to pay for them. Yeah, and a lot of her previous investors she's talked about have have ghosted her. She was supposed to, you know, she wanted to do a horror movie, and those investors just kind of ghosted her. So I would imagine that she's actually going to have, uh, a, you know, a more difficult time making money, especially after Trump, and maybe eventually leaves the spotlight. I don't know. One can only hope. So Megan McCain tried to come for Stormy Daniels on The View. Yeah. So I actually, watching Megan McCain come for people on The View is just like <laughs> okay, a I, sport. I kind of like like The View. I've been watching The View a lot lately. I like The View as well. Oh my god! Wow. It's no. It's like my one of my guiltiest pleasures if I'm ever in a hotel room where I have cable. Yeah, I mean it's on Hulu, so I watch it like every day. I watch it's like late night TV for me. I watch it every night, and there is something about Megan McCain that I find somewhat refreshing actually, because in the the current climate of republicans somehow just hearing a republican make an argument that's coherent you're mm-hmm. like oh this people used to be like that not when that did that's... megan mccain start making coherent arguments well i mean they're not i you can hear the argument you know it's not just like she is not blindly pro-trump i mean she's like her dad you will disagree with her a lot of the time and some of her arguments won't make sense but like 48 percent of them did you see her trying to come for stacy abrams about no, I missed guns? That. oh my god God, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't plant. vote for Megan McCain. My my Megan McCain sort of Rosetta Stone is when she argued that no one should uh, support Hillary Clinton because Bill Clinton's a philanderer and Hillary is married to a philanderer, and so tacitly approves of that. And bitch, your dad was fucking your mom when your dad was married to someone else. Your mom is doing exactly what Hillary Clinton is doing or did that you think is disqualifying for the presidency. Fuck you. Yeah, also, take it, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump like has uh, way more of a philanderer than Bill Clinton ever was. I, this is really quite amazing. We have a uh, unanimous consent here for Nancy Pelosi and also we're all closet rabid view watchers. So <laughs> no, no, I did not say I watched the view. <laughs> you talk like you watch I watch the view. clips when they make it onto oh, social okay. media. I watch the view on Twitter uh-huh. and it's always Megan McCain face planting clips. Yeah. You have the feelings of an avid view watcher. <laughs> But Chase was going to say about Meghan McCain. Yeah, I mean, one of uh, the, her points that she brought up was that she was she was uh, that Stormy was doing this just for money, and then Stormy brought up the points that we we've already addressed that she she has more expenses that the, she she didn't even call it the Make America Horny Again tour. It's just that promoters keep using that term, and so she's she's going to make money in the way that she's always been making money. And I I also think it's amazing that. Um, when she did the tour here on Sunday, she came here, stopped by, did a recording, but then she flew to Cambridge. She has a speech. She's giving a speech tomorrow. The Oxford English Union. Hmm. Yeah, like I don't. I it's just it, I marvel at a woman who can be fully naked, vagina out, taking her twenties, and then she just gives a fucking like speech, speech on Cambridge. porn at Cambridge. I she's incredible. She is incredible, and she's incredibly smart and incredibly articulate. Not what people typically expect from someone. In the, the sex industry. Yeah. And I think she has a future post-Trump. After all of this burns out, that she is going to be 
a host on something like The View or have her own radio show. She's just too good. Oh, Surgeon General? Surgeon I mean, General. She has head of the EPA. Anything is possible. The Attorney General, <laughs> anything is possible now. She had a Louisiana Senate run almost as well in 2009. Like she has a history of um it was kind of people made her run. If but, Republicans can elect a dead pimp as they did in Nevada in on last Tuesday, we can send Stormy Daniels to the house. Yeah. Alive. All right. Well, watch for Stormy Daniels tour stopping in your city. Chase, thanks for telling us about what you saw. Yeah, thank you. And if you want to hear Dan talk to Stormy Daniels, it will be on a surprise upcoming episode of the Savage Lovecast, which you will just have to keep listening to to find out when you'll hear from her. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. And that's the show. If you've got something you want to say to Chase Burns, Katie Herzog, Rich Smith, or Dan Savage, call the Blabberphone, 206-302-2063, or dive on into our Blabbermouth Podcast Facebook group. You can also, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps. Thanks, as always, to Ahamefile J. Aluo for making the music we use on the show each week, and to Nancy Hartunian for bringing our blabbering mouths to your ears. <laughs>